Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. So this is going to be my first episode and it's probably going to be bad, but that's okay. I'm going to talk anyway um, and see what happens and tell you about the things that I'm concerned about in the world at the moment and uh, some things I find interesting. I don't have anybody to be here to talk with me at the moment, um, but hopefully in the future that will be different. I do have colleagues that I, colleagues, <laughs> I have friends that I do like talking to about uh, these sorts of things, but at the current moment they're all busy and I am trying to get this recording done. So, um, I guess the first thing is that uh, the mainstream social media recently if you haven't heard, has been caught red-handed specifically pushing their agenda on the American people. Like, literally trying to mind-control us. Like, they, th there was a story that was released that specifically because they didn't agree with, they went to war. And they were caught. They were caught trying to suffocate a story that was no less, what's the word, um, validated than any stories put towards, any negative stories put towards our president that did not get deleted repeatedly. This is clear biasism. There are platforms. They shouldn't be speaking. I don't remember which law it was. Law, uh, law. I'm not a very, uh, I'm not as knowledgeable as I should be. But uh, I think it might be Bill 231, 232, something like that. Um, in which... Social media companies are not liable for the things said on them because they are platforms. They are not publishers. So if so, the people using them are not part of the company. So the company cannot be sued for it. They are legally immune for anything that is said on the platform because they are a tool, not a not a publisher they they don't they're not supposed to be publishing their own ideas their own content they're just a platform simultaneously this same bill makes them immune to legal action for suppressing speech that doesn't make sense if you can suppress speech and have only things that you want said on your platform, you're secondhand speaking. That's what you're doing. A platform is only free if you can't get banned for saying things. Unless obviously you can still break the 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 American law, US law, by inciting violence and things like that. But if you can suppress speech, but you at the same time cannot get in trouble for things said on your platform, this is backwards. Not to mention, Mark Zuckerberg, f Facebook, posts things on their platform that they legally cannot get in trouble for. The law says, if Facebook comes out with their own hit piece on a person, it doesn't matter. They cannot legally be sued for defamation. This is 1984. They're, they're, they, they come in and just remove whatever they want because they think that their ideology and their philosophy is the, be is the better one, is the best one. Why do you think 
that if your philosophy and your ideology is so good and so moral, why do you have to remove and silence other people? It doesn't make any sense. A wise man once said, truth fears no investigation. And so, if your philosophy, if your way of thinking and your way of being is so true, is so functional and accurate and moral, why cannot why can it not be questioned? Everything should be questioned. Everything should be questioned because the only way you know if something if a concept is actually useful is if you break it down as far as you can and get to the root and see if you can pull it up for example say you have the idea that it's morally right for me to not care about anyone around me and steal and backstab for my own gain, right? Why do you think that's the case? The argument is that if you're only looking out for yourself and you don't sacrifice anything for other people, then you're going to be more successful as a result. You're going to have more things. You're going to feel better. You're going to have more stuff. You're going to have more food. Right, everything. But people that work together and build strong relationships have the joint capacity to build better things, create more things, and be happier. You are all around better off in a community, having friends, having loved ones, having a family, because you can fall back on these people. When you, you know, when you have that, you know, loving connection. If you're going around stealing, you know, from from the people in which you garner trust, backstabbing, lying, people aren't dumb. You're not going to have any friends. And it's it's just not going to end up well for you. I mean, let's say, hypothetically, you're a politician. You're a liar. Like a lot of, like a lot of the people in the, in the white, or in, in Washington are. And you're doing shady deals with, people from other countries sapping money out of the American people's pockets. And let's say you make $2 million. What, what do you think that $2 million is going to buy you? A new yacht? A shower made of gold? New pair of boots? Some prostitutes? Drugs? That's what money buys you. What's the point? If your loved ones see that and they see this guy is stealing money from our country, from our people, do you think they're going to love you as much if you weren't? Like, honestly. Do you, do you think you're going to have a wholesome, loving family if, you're a, if they know you're a crook? Even if they don't, you can't be... I don't understand how you can sleep at night like that. It's just not worth it. It, it poisons your soul. And to, to think that... 
to think that you can be better off by being an oily snake and and and, and stealing things fr- from other people just for your own momentary pleasure is so metaphysically ignorant it's baffling it's actually baffling turns out wonderful nice good to talk to people are not are not crooks are not backstabbers are not are not are not traitors not only that it's evolutionarily viable apes you have uh you have an ape that's a uh, he 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 works off of power and totalitarian control. He doesn't take care of any of the other children. He doesn't he doesn't groom any of the other apes. He doesn't play with them. He doesn't make friends. He only rules the troop with raw power. As soon as he has a weekday, he'll be killed. Because nobody likes that. And it is the tribe that holds the real power. It is the, it is the, the collect, collection of individuals. A positive, team-working, generous leader will thrive. His troop will will work with him, and they you know they will they'll provo- provide, and the 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 old ones, you know, will look after him. And these troops do better. Like, it's it's actually evolutionarily successful to be good and to be part of a team and to be. To not to not suffocate those that defy you, but to listen to them. That makes a better world for everyone. Everyone. Even the liars. Because the more you corrupt the world, the more you corrupt yourself. And so these people in these in these tech companies that are trying to control the world into seeing through their goggles there's only one of two things that's going to happen. Well, there's a few things, but one Ideally, the law comes through and says, you can't do that. And the American people will be, will be behind it because we've all, we've not all read 1984. I haven't read 1984, but we've all seen many different pieces of art, whether it be TV shows, movies, books, even the concept of an invisible organization trying to control our minds is not a pleasant one. Who in their right mind is going to like that? No one. So if the lawmakers can get it together, maybe we can make it illegal and stop that behavior. Or at least, at least hedge it back and gain ground and work in that direction. If that doesn't happen, my personal theory is that what will happen is they'll, they'll self-destruct. Just like Soviet Russia. Because when you have a system that is completely ideological and has no room for flexibility, 
everything, everything in, in, in the system has to fall under and work for a single ideology. And that ideology cannot be questioned. And that ideology is the only thing that matters. No one works for each other because it is forgotten that the individual is what matters and good work and honesty because these things are anti-ideology. That's what happened in Soviet Russia. They went through and all the farmers that were, that were wealthier because they were good farmers, they killed them. And so the people that were left to farm were not as good at it and they couldn't produce as much food. Like they, they literally destroyed people because they were competent because they were good at what they did. And then the government in Soviet Russia, they had to put up posters to remind people not to eat their children because that's how bad it was. They they had to remind people not to eat their kids because they were so hungry because they killed they killed all the farmers. They killed anyone who didn't agree with the proletariat. Uh, and so I mean I know I know uh, Jordan Peterson likes to tell that tell that that Russian joke. Um, they pretend to pay us, and we pretend to work. Because when you have a system that is completely based on ideology, there is no excuse for you not to lie and cheat. Because you actually have to lie to even function in the system itself. Because no human being is going to naturally fall completely under the ideology. It's like what's going on with the left right now. How can you at the same time have gender is a cultural construct? Also, I'm gay. Those things don't they don't they don't connect. You you can't be homosexual as there's if there's no such thing as sex. It doesn't make any sense. That's why you have that lady on on, on Twitter getting uh, you know reamed because uh, if I heard correctly, she was a, a lesbian woman that said uh, a man is not a woman. Like this, this is what happens when you <laughs> you have to lie to successfully be part of a ideological system. And that's really the fundamental flaw of it. So the point is you have to you have to lie to be part of it. That just doesn't work in the long run. Eventually human beings get tired and they tell the truth. The truth will inevitably surface. Inevitably, because the people, the people that were lying will die, and the and the the, the people that take their place, maybe they want to maintain the lie, but it's maintenance. So then they die. Then the third generation comes in. Maybe even they want to maintain it, and then they die. And the fourth generation comes in. And they're like, what are what have we been doing? What have we been doing for eighty years? For a hundred years? This is ridiculous. That I mean, Soviet Russia collapsed and restarted as a capitalist country, a, a democratic capitalist country. Because that's what works. Because treating the individual with respect and honor and dignity, that is what creates a functioning system of human beings. And so my theory is about these people in Google and Facebook and Twitter is if the law doesn't stop them, 
they're going to keep doing what they're doing. And the American people, they're not going to listen to them because they're, I mean, they're not already. I mean, I think Donald Trump is going to win. Um, I could very well be wrong. This, this podcast could age very badly. <laughs> um, but that's my theory and we'll see. Um, I don't think, I don't think the American people more and more, I don't think they listen to the media, whether it be, whether it be, you know, the mainstream or otherwise. And even if they are allowed to continue to control the narrative from the shadows by suffocating some articles, by banning people, by deleting posts, it's like the leader of the uh, Operation Veritas said, content is king. The only way that you stop people from telling the truth on the internet is to delete the internet. Or hypothetically to have some master AI that automatically deletes anything that goes against the established, you know, politics and ideology. But at that point, I, <laughs> too far gone at that point. I don't know, but the country would probably be in flames. Who knows? But, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's madness. They've been caught red-handed. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Um, I would like to see other, other companies take their place. Um, I'm, uh, I've been posting on Parler. Um, if, you, if you like what I'm talking about here, um, go follow me on Parler. There's not a lot of people on it right now, um, but I like the platform. Um, I love that their uh, uh, code of conduct rules are, uh, I think they have like two rules. I think rule one is if you, if you post any like, uh, what, what would they say? Like adult type content, you know, you know, uh, nudity or, or violence or whatever. Um, Make sure to turn on their filter button so other people that don't want to see that stuff, will that will be filtered out. And I think their second rule is don't say things that the American government finds illegal. <laughs> so I like that a lot. Um, I would like to see them uh, and others uh, take these mainstream media corporations' place. Will that happen? Unlikely. Um, but uh, so other than that, it would also it would also be good in my opinion, to see the social media corporations be um, under law required to uphold free speech. And this is another argument to, to, uh, to get into. The argument of whether or not um, free speech is actually that, Im that important. And what you actually mean by free speech. So, here's the thing. The, the thing people don't like about being able to say anything you want is they're afraid of what happens to 4chan, right? You know? People saying the N word and, and and you know saying whatever they want you know Hitler was Hitler was good you know quoted on 4chan or whatever, right? And they think that the world would be worse off if if people could say that stuff and say whatever they want. the The reason is because they view it as dangerous, right? as affective in the real world because if words don't affect the the physical world of action it doesn't matter there's no if there if there's no repercussion to words they don't matter they're not important words so the point is action 
And there's a, there is a big difference between speech and action. Think of how to articulate this. <laughs> um, Where was I going with that? Dang it. Let me take a drink of water. That is, it, it, was, it was a good day at work. How about you guys? <clears throat> okay, so the point being, the concept is that speech can be dangerous. My argument is that the suppression of speech is more dangerous. Because here's the thing, you might say, okay, intolerant speech cannot be tolerated. You know, we cannot have, we cannot have a racist speech, for example. Pretty common one. The reason is, is because we all, we all know that that's a bad idea. So we're not going to let it be discussed. The problem with that is that not everyone knows why that's a bad idea. I mean, it's a pretty easy answer, but I, I don't I don't think most I mean, I would I would wager m my wallet that the vast majority of people that consider themselves to be on the far left to understand why racism is actually a bad idea. Well, their their argument is this: your your you uh, racism oppresses people, and they suffer as a result. Fair, fair, uh, fair, fair argument. I don't I don't really have a I don't really disagree with that. But in my opinion, the worst part of racism, the more dangerous part, is treating people in general in accordance with their group identity instead of their character as an individual. This is like the issue with um, Joe Biden choosing uh, Kamala Harris as his uh, running mate. Her being a woman of color is fine. There's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that right the issue is her having been chosen because she's a woman of color that is problematic because it has no bearing on her on her competence as a person as a lawmaker it has no bearing on her competence whatsoever so why choose her because of that it, it that's racism We have to treat people as individuals, and that's it. Generalizations are lazy. That that's fundamentally what they're what they are. Because, you know, I, I was raised in the South. I, I hear I have heard people growing up as a child, you know, don't trust black people. Because in their life, they had experienced a pattern. Or they had seen on the news, they had saw, seen a pattern on the news of black-on-black -black violence and those sorts of things. This is not a useful attitude to have because if two people come to you for business, there is nothing about their appearance that will tell you whether or not they are going to work with you or whether they're going to cheat you. Human beings, they do recognize patterns. But making generalized patterns about human beings is a bad idea. This is what the Abrahamic story is about. Specifically, the part of the story in which two strangers come to Abraham's house. He doesn't know who they are. He's never met them. They could be anybody. They could be killers, they could be rapists, they could be thieves, they could be bandits. He doesn't know. But he's but they say, "Hey, Abraham, we're we're hungry, we're thirsty. Can we come inside?" And he says, 
yeah, come on in. And he lets them in and they hang out and they reveal themselves uh, in the story to be God's angels. Uh, I don't, the, my, my interpretation of it is not going to be complete. Just want to put that out there. Um, for one, because angel means messenger. So I'm not sure exactly what God's messengers means, but the fundamental idea, in my opinion, is that they were good people, right? If, if they were, if they were people of the highest good, that being one of the concepts that is God is the highest good. So he trusted them and they turned out to be, um, good people. The point of the story is not that anybody that you that, that comes knocking on your door asking for food or water is going to be a good person. The point of the story is you are never going to meet good people unless you trust them to begin with. Because we all have the capacity for evil. We all have the capacity to kill our neighbors. But we have to trust each other first before we can not do that. We have to trust each other first to have good business. And so it doesn't matter what a person looks like. It is not a useful metric because even if a person comes into your business with his jean shorts hanging a f- six inches down his thighs and white briefs you know covering his 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 bottom and a and a huge shirt and the and the bulge of a pistol in his in his waistband and a bandana and a and a and a a flat bill hat and a blunt in his in his in hanging his ear it doesn't matter you you to have a functioning society, you have to take the self-sacrifice to trust people on the first, on the, from the first, because that person looking like that very well could come into your business and do good business with you. They pick something out of your store. They choose it because they want it and they decided that it's a fair price. And then they buy it from you that you also agree is a fair price. And then they leave and both of you are happier. Both of you got what you wanted and you're better off. And so we, we have to treat people as individuals and to be honest and open and ask questions and for these for these companies and these political ideologues to treat humans as members of groups is a bad idea because you know what groups do they kill each other. That's what tribes have been doing for millions of years. Individuals kill each other too, but not as much because there's, they're still within the tribe. Two individuals might kill each other, but that's a lot better than a whole tribe killing another tribe. That's genocide. Group identity creates genocide. The same thing that happened in Nazi Germany is the same thing that happened in Soviet Russia and is happening right now is deciding that one group of people is the cause of the suffering in the world. That is the fundamental idea that that group of people is to blame in, in Germany. It was the Jews in Russia. It was the bourgeoisie. In, in, in modern day Europe and America, it's white males that are the, that are the enemy, that are the cause of suffering. 
and it just doesn't help anyone. It it only it, it only hurts the world to treat people as if they're part of a group. Because it, it takes away their individuality and they are not going to be as useful. Like if you treat your friends and family as you you expect them to never, you know, do anything for you and you decide there's no point in in talking to them. There's no there's no point in in you know, making any meaningful connection or trying to make any meaningful connection. You could be right that it's not going to not going to work. It's not going to do any good. It, you could be right that you know when you when you call your your parents, you know, when you're in dire straits and you're like, "Look, I you know, I need um you know, uh some money to pay the bills or you know, maybe you don't have parents. Maybe you just maybe you uh maybe you just have some friends and you say, "Look, I need I would like some help to uh to move or whatever." whatever it may be, even if you're right and you make that connection, you, you ask for help and you get nothing in return, you have to still try because the world would be better if you succeeded. And there's always, there's always a chance. There's, there's, there's no point in, in not acting you might as well not live at that point if you if you're just willing to give up and treat people as if they're going to act in a specific way that's what this that's so much of what this is is treating people as if they are predictable as if you can say they're they're i mean <laughs> This is Nick Cannon. He was talking about how if you're if you're non-melanated, you're less compassionate and you're more animalistic and angry. Are you kidding me? That is the that is the same thing with a different turn of phrase that white supremacists said. And just because you're on the other side of the aisle of extreme destructive ideology does not make it better. It's just as bad. Because you're acting as if just because a just because a person is part of a group that you identify is going to act in a particular way. You cannot predict human beings. And acting as if you can predict human beings is a bad idea because the I, because then the concept is if for example in Nazi Germany if you are a Jew you are going to do what you can to weasel your way into financial power political power and all these different regions of power and subjugate the German people just because you are a Jew and then they killed them that did no good for anyone. There were Jews in Germany at the time before World War II that were in places of power, that were doing work. There's nothing wrong with that. If they were competent people, then they then they're then they're doing good work to make the whole system a better system. Hypothetically, even if they weren't, as a general pattern, deciding that that group of people was entirely predictable in their evil is clearly a destructive and bad idea in at least the long term. Because we need everybody we can get. What if one of those what if one of those Jews that was killed 
was was an was an Elon Musk. That that guy is one guy, and he is radically speeding up our technological power. Because Elon Musk exists, we might be traveling and living on Mars in my lifetime. That's a possibility because of Elon Musk. We're probably going to be worshiping in the future, and he's one person. What if one of those Jews that was killed wasn't Elon Musk? What if one of the wealthy bourgeoisie in Russia wasn't Elon Musk? Well, sucks. Any Anything to further the ideology. You, It is just not useful in the long term to hold ideology as more important than individuals. It does not work. You kill people that could be like Elon Musk, that could make the world a better place. You... You have to treat people on an individual-by-individual basis. If there were people in the German government that were specifically using their power in law to corrupt it and to make money for only them and their family in a way that was against the law or hurting the general public, just, just remove them from office. That's it. To then decide that because that person was a Jew that all Jews need to die is obviously bad for all the reasons that I've, I've described repeat, repeatedly. I hope I'm not repeating myself too much, but it's okay. Like I said, this could be bad. I'm just talking. And so you can equivalent that with what's going on right now. In, in Europe and America and Canada and all over the world. You have to treat people on an individual by individual basis because the content of our heart and the content of our character is not decided by any exterior uh, properties or appearances. I mean, don't get me wrong. There is nuance here. It does. You know, like, for example, if someone's fit, you can generally infer that they are disciplined, right? There are there are things like that. But, and there are patterns in genetics, Right? These, you know, these are real things that different people from different genetic backgrounds have statistical patterns, right? Like, for example, Asians and Jews statistically have higher IQ than everybody else. But those statistics, they don't matter. Because it is individuals that matter. I don't care what you look like or where you're from. If you are going to do the job that I need done as best as possible, that is what matters. I don't care what you look like, where you're from. I need a good president. I need a good plumber. I need a good electrician. I, I, I need a good computer programmer. I don't care who you are. Who you are. Just just be good, you know? Just be competent. That's all that matters. And so if you take this, if you follow this ideology that is all-consuming, that we need to have an equality of outcome where we arbitrarily put people in positions of competence and they're not positions of power. They're positions of competence. Because what is a position of power? The, the ability to, t- to take money from people? Well, I can do that at the gas station with a gun. To take lives? 
Once again, I can do that at a gas station with a gun. Uh, to change law? That's what we are here for as citizens, to vote for our local government and our federal government so, th- so they can work together to change the laws. They're there because we chose them. We have granted them power. They have not taken it. Well, people like Elon Omar have, but she's getting caught. And hopefully it, something's going to happen with that. It's kind of baffling to me that the people of that area didn't realize that she was cheating the election. But that's a whole, no, that's a, a whole other story. The point is that these are positions of competence because you have to be competent to get difficult things done. And I want the and the idea that you're going to put people based on their identity in positions instead of their competence, then what you get is fundamentally a system that is less competent because you are choosing individuals not based on competence. Therefore, it is actually a worse system. Because a system with the best parts is a better system. And just because you have dark skin or just because you have light skin does not make you a better or worse part. It is your character. And so the hilarious thing is that this ideology, the radical left, the SJWs, the Marxists, the, the, the majority of university professors and, and, the, and the big tech companies at Google, all, all of these individuals are actually the largest group of racists in modern history. <laughs> it's it's madness. It's all madness, man. Oh, jeez. It just kind of blows my mind to think. I mean, it, I I I could be wrong, but I think it was uh, Jung who was the first one to talk about projection, about uh, having a broken part of yourself and projecting it on the world you know that's what a whole collection of human beings are doing the <laughs> we're we're not racist everybody else is racist and that's that's the best way to push the to push the blame off of yourself you know they are they're so racist because what is racist other than treating people not based on who on their character but on their on their group identity that is fundamentally what racism is there's like that's what it is at the bottom because you could say you know racism is uh persecuting people based on their race or it could be oppressing people based on their race or it could be killing them based on their race the fundamental issue is basing people off of their race so these motherfuckers are their own problem well actually personally i think what the the problem they actually have with is competence. It's a it's a, a a Cain and Abel situation, you know. People get angry because because certain people are in positions of competence which take lots of competence and they're not in it because they're not competent. And the assumption is, and it's a self deceiving one. 
is that they're only positions of power and not competence. Therefore, it was stolen. And it's just a lie. Uh, it's uh, I don't know, man. It's exhausting. It's uh, it's 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 really funny, but it's really really sad at the same time. I'm gonna move this candle closer to me. I know it's pretty. Oh fuck, it went out. Well, I guess that's that. It's pretty dark in here, but uh, I figured anybody watching the video would uh, rather it be dark than have. Uh, light glaring in the uh, in the video because the way my room's set up, the uh, the light f shines off the uh, off the mirror into the camera. But um, yeah, I think that was pretty good. Did about fifty two minutes. So uh, hope you hope uh, anybody who's listened to this enjoyed. Um, you can uh, follow me on Parlor, which is where I'm going to be. Um, I'm going to try to post daily about these sorts of subjects. Um, I know this one was pretty focused on uh, on ideology, and well, that is what I th what I like to talk about a lot. But there will be other things. Um, let me see here. Trying to make sure I get you the right handle. Yes, yeah, so you can follow me at or on Parlor, which is if you don't know, P A R L E R. And my handle on there is Edward Cornwell. That's E D W A R D, like the uh, like uh, who is that guy's name? Like when Johnny Depp had the scissors on his hands. Edward Scissor Hands. And uh, his last, uh, my last name is Cornwell, C O R N W E L L, at Eucharistic. Eucharistic is spelled E U C H A R I S T I C. Yes, sir. -y. Well, folks, it's uh, it's been a pleasure. And uh, I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.